This is More Than Before with Nathan Cook. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today I have the pleasure of introducing a really great friend of mine to you. She is in real estate here in Oregon. She has won Best of Hillsborough four years running, which by the way, uh, Hillsborough is one of our largest cities here in Oregon. Um, you know, I would say it's probably second largest. Uh, I guess I couldn't, I, I guess I can't say it's bigger than Salem. Salem is the capital. But, you know, we, you, you think of three thing, three different areas when it comes to Oregon. You think of Portland, you think of Hillsborough, and you think of Salem. Those are, those are really the largest city towns here in Oregon. And for four years running, she has won best of Hillsborough, which is absolutely fantastic. She's fueled by coffee, just like I am. You got to, you got to put coffee in, in order to, you know, get a happy demeanor out. No, that's not always true. <laughs> uh, but she is an amazing mom of two great kids. She has a passion for helping others and to help others lead well and live well. So I'm really excited to have Darcy Edwards here on the program. Darcy, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. We always have great conversations. And I am fueled by coffee. I love coffee. You know, it's always funny because you you see like memes and you see different things on people's social media. And one of the things that I love about your social media is I can I can turn to any one of your accounts and I get some kind of coffee motivation. It, her her motivation is always coffee centric, and that's what I love about that because I think we I, I think we underestimate just how amazing coffee is. It really is absolutely this amazing drink. You can mix it with all kinds of things. And we could probably spend the entire uh, program talking about how amazing <laughs> yes. coffee is, which by the way, we've got some, we've got some coffee roasters coming up uh, later on this season. So make sure you Ooh, tune in for those. Yeah. Uh, but Darcy, I'm excited to talk with you. We've known each other for a number of years, but I'm excited to kind of go back into your history, kind of where you grew up. Um, what was life like? Who was Darcy? And you know how you became this powerhouse of a real estate agent here in Oregon. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Darcy. Like, where where do you find yourself most involved? Because I know that you are you you really are a leader's leader. You are out there in the community, helping in the community. You are on multiple boards, helping different organizations out. Uh, give everyone a little bit of a lowdown of of what you do on a yearly basis of, basis of the different organizations that you work with and you help. Um, I would say this. First and foremost, I am one of the people that believes in standing up and for people who can't stand up for themselves. Mm. So if I see someone getting a bad rap or something happening to them, I'm usually the one that it's like, all right, well, tell me where they live. We'll handle it. <laughs> Give me their address. Do you, do you, yeah. What, what car do they drive? I will find them. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have a chat. These might get broken. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, nothing violent. I am a native Oregonian. I live in the same place that I grew up in Banks, Oregon, mm. um, about 20 minutes from Hillsborough. And Hillsborough is the economic driver for the... <laughs> I believe that. I think, you know, honestly, I think, I think Hillsborough is by far going to eclipse Portland. I think we're going to forget about Portland. And I think Hillsborough is going to, Hillsborough is the place, by the way, if you're listening to this and you've never been to, you know, if you're coming to Oregon, go to Hillsborough. Hillsborough has all the really cool, cool things to really see. They do. They, it's a small, it's like a small town feel, but very well organized. 
it's actually really big. And I jokingly say this, and it's probably wrong, but I'm like, oh, we allow Portland to stay. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we allow, we allow Portland to exist. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I said. Yeah. And so anyway, um, yeah, I grew up, I live where I grew up as a little girl on the same property and I have three kids. I have a daughter who's 32 and a daughter who's 22 and a son who is 20. So oh those are my three children. And um, yeah, I just, I got into real estate. It was really an interesting story. I, I was called one day by my sister. She's the president of the Washington County Chamber, was the Hillsborough Chamber then. And she's like, hey, I'm just project done. Like, <laughs> I need free labor. Can you come? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and it was like getting, pre- it was getting packages for an auction, right? That was like my first foray into that. I filled up a room and she was like, how did you get all these people to donate? And I said, I don't know. I said, bring stuff, drop it off. And she goes, people listen to you. Like, you, you can do more than that. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So, I've always been kind of also a business owner. Like when I was nine, I remember distinctly the moment I was in the strawberry field picking berries. And I said to myself, there's got to be a better way to make money than this. I am terrible at this. I hate it. I am a princess. I should never be out here. So that started my career with animals and doing all that to make money. So I didn't have to pick berries. But um, yeah, so that was my first foray into during this whole process of I adopted my two younger children, had kind of a very contentious fight with the state of Oregon. I won. Mm. But um, (laughs) my sister's like, hey, do you want this part time job? It's, you know, selling memberships to the chamber. You get to go out and talk to people. And I'm like, sure. So I did that for a while. And actually it happened. (laughs) I was working during that 08 where it just dropped off the face of the earth. And um, it was a really good learning opportunity for me for to learn how to talk to people, but also to see how things like that affect a business Mm -hmm. when there's a huge economic um, upheaval. And um, my husband's family actually were realtors and builders in the area they built in Rock Creek and in Hillsborough. And I always said, I kind of, I go, Oh, I would like to do that. And he's, Oh, you're going to hate it. It's every weekend. You're not, your director's really challenged anyway. Like this isn't great for you. And we were driving up in Northwest Portland and saw the foreclosures. And he looked at me and he goes, now's the time to do this because it's the worst. And at the worst time is the best time to start a business. And so, um, I got into it then and ended up getting my license at the end of 2011. Wow. And so watched all the stuff that happened with (laughs) other companies. And that's the thing that I noticed now, because we're in one of those again, where that rate went high and it's everybody's doom and gloom and, you know, it's a great time to get in. (laughs) To be honest. You know, I love, I love that because so many people don't have that outlook that, you know, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to ride this out. And then when things get better, that's when I'm going to do something. That's when I'm going to start a business. That's when I'm going to go after my dreams. There's a, there's kind of always one of those plays in life of, well, I'm not really going to jump out. I'm not going to do this right now. I'm not going to spend the money right now because, you know, what they play the what if game. 
if I do right. this, what, what, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I love the fact that you had this encouragement from your husband to say, Hey, you, you, now is the right time. Get out and do that. So you actually had, you actually had this entrepreneur bug inside of you ever since you were just a little girl. Cause I love that you said, I could see you out in the field picking strawberries. <laughs> There's gotta be a better way than doing mm -hmm. it this way. There's gotta be something better. Like I'm not going to be picking strawberries for the rest of my life. I am a queen. And it's funny you say that because <laughs> <laughs> anyone who's known you longer than 10 minutes has probably heard you say I'm a queen. Uh, and and you walk around kind of with this royalty mentality, not not in a not in a stuck up way. I want you guys to hear this, but she has this confidence about her when she's making decisions, when she's doing things. She sets her nose to something and she goes. And I think it's a I think it's a really important quality within leaders. That doesn't necessarily mean that we as leaders are always accurate, um, but there is a degree of need to be certain on things. How has certainty played in your life, Darcy, of, of really success and, and where you got to be today? How, how has certainty helped you in that way? Well, I would say this. With that job, I kept that job while I was a realtor. I didn't quit my job. I didn't quit my day mm. job. And that comes up all the time because I get that. I get that. Well, I was told that my team leader said I had to quit my job. I have to do um, real estate 24 hours, you know, the full time, 40 hours a week. And I'm like, no, you have to pay bills. <laughs> That's what your job is to eat. Yeah. And so I, when the job got in the way and I literally hindered me from making money, that's when I quit. Mm. It had to make more than what I was making. It had to be double. So that mm. was my goal was like, if I can make double doing this, then I'll quit that. That's when I can, when mm. it gets in the way. When I have to lie and say I'm lunch again, sorry, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> then it's like that. But I think with certainty, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where you know you're right, and you just you have to keep going until it's I, I don't want to say provable, but like you won't give up. Mm. And that's like you know with my kids, the last two were uh, DHS was involved, so they were DHS kids and one was an open adoption and one was through DHS and the one that was hmm. through DHS that's the fight because they weren't considered children together hmm. siblings but anyway those choice but in that you know that's where that certain talk I, I call it talking a big game but then being able to follow up with that and they weren't expecting me to buy, get a lawyer hmm. really and I did, I got a lawyer. I think lawyers are amazing when they're, um, there's nothing better than a well-paid lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, because, and that's where I think certainty is surrounding yourself with people who can help you. Mm. And I, you know, you said I, I walk in a room with confidence, but I actually assume people will tell me like, Hey girl, you're a little out of control. Mm. You're, you need to bring it down a little bit. And so surrounding yourself with those people who are willing to say that to you. Oh yeah. You know, that's, when that's that ego huge. doesn't fit in the room anymore, <laughs> you need people like Nathan to say, S step down. <laughs> well, I think you're, I think you're right. And, and, and people who have that kind of personality, you have, you have a very bold personality that goes before you, right? You know, Darcy walks in a room, everyone goes, Oh, Darcy's here. Right. Like, and, and I walk in a room and that happens with me too. 
But there is a certain degree of making sure that you have the right people around you. I think early on in life for myself, I didn't realize that that was the personality that I had. And so maybe I maybe I actually probably did stomp on a couple of people, ran into a couple of people that, you know, I, I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize that I was actually doing that. But the importance right. of what you just said is 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 key for, for so many people that walk into a room and have that kind of confidence. You have to surround yourself with people that are better than you, that see more than you. In fact, I think that uh, our our relationship with other people, our inner circle, shall we say, is one of the key factors when it comes to being successful in life. When it comes to your life, Darcy, who have been some of those inner circle people, people who have mentored you and poured into your life? What were Who were some of the key people in your life and, and how did they pour into you? Well, you are one of them for sure. Absolutely. Number one on my list. I mean, I just, your friendship and the way that we can talk and communicate is just, it's dear to me. And um, I get so much out of those conversations. It's, you know, voluminous. And so I would say I had teachers. I, I absolutely hated school. My mom lied to me. She said, <laughs> first day of school, first grade, she goes, Oh, it's going to be fun. You're going to love it. And I literally remember walking in the door and I said, yeah, that I'm never going back. I have to sit down. I can't talk whenever I want. I mean, I was kind of like the youngest kid. And so there wasn't kids on my block. So I worked out, I played out in the woods with my dog all day. Mm. till like, you know, and so I was like, why am I in the school? What? I literally spent first and second grade outside in the hall with my desk in the hall. And so I did have teachers or the, actually literally my reading teachers, because I probably, I probably had a learning disability. I wasn't dyslexic, but super ADD. And I was in reading class. They literally took me out of math to go to reading class till sixth grade. Wow. And at some point they're like, we got to get you out of here. You, we tested you and you read at a college level. <laughs> You're free to go now. Can't add, but you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> They, but I think those kind of teachers that work in special education were really like the two of them. There was Miss Sackett, and she was really cool and let you be very creative. And she was mm. able to teach at a way. Um, and then I had Mrs. Anderson. She was super sweet. I went to high school with her kids, and she was just a mom, but she was like a really good teacher on that. And yeah, I've had pro more professional. Like I do really love Brendan Bouchard talking to him. He's a, a coach and very, he's very good. He's different. He's not the hustle and grind kind. So I really appreciate that work. You know, he works with your, um, your giftings. And, you know, those are the people that I, even when I talk to people who I network with, it just depends on what they're saying. If I'm going to tell them my dream. And that's what kind of came up to me today was that be really careful who you tell your dreams to, because I jokingly call my husband the dream dasher, because when I originally brought up real estate, he was like, oh, no, you're going to hate it. So I put it on the shelf because he said that. And um, and I didn't need his permission. I could do whatever I wanted, but I just, oh, OK. And I just put it on a shelf. And that's what we do. And we get excited and we tell people, but we tell the wrong people 
what we're thinking and they inadvertently being loving and caring tell us all the reasons why we can't do that or why we shouldn't do that because it's mm -hmm. not prudent or whatever and so you know i gravitate to the people who are more creative and i mean so i learned to negotiate through school at a very young age because i hated it mm -hmm. and i was like i could make more money not being here <laughs> third grade <laughs> you know oh my gosh <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> get me out of here and they pre and the teachers that were who got it were like yeah i totally understand you're gonna be really good at this mm. when you're older you know i i love i love the fact that you say that there were teachers in your life who saw your strengths and they poured into those strengths obviously obviously you want to make sure that you're a decently well-rounded person <laughs> additions additions kind of an important aspect of life being able mm -hmm. to add up you know your money and receipts subtraction probably pretty probably pretty important as soon as you start getting into like i don't know advanced equations within trigonometry unless like you're going and you yeah see i i can't even start talking about trigonometry because i can't i can't i can't do it <laughs> i'm not right. a math person but, my husband can that's why i was like you can cook and do math so you're perfect for me you're hired <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i hope you love me and i'm like well yeah there's that but also, <laughs> well, I love, I love that you had people in your life that, and, and what's, what's really cool about this is that early on in your life, and I think a lot of us can relate to this. You don't get to choose the people that you're around early on in life, mm -hmm. right? Your friend yeah. circles are kind of the friends that are in proximity to you. They're, they're just your friends. Your family is there. You don't get to choose your family. You don't get to right. choose the, the places that you're going to as a young child. And even sometimes as a young adult, but then at a certain point, you start to be given this opportunity to surround yourself with, with certain people. And I love that you say this, this question of, should I tell my dream to this person? Because I, I man, it, you, you got to write notes on this because this is so good. What Darcy is saying is that you have to know who you're telling your dreams to because Darcy being as forward thinking as she is as confident as she comes across as bold as she is one person could derail her dream and and i think so many people mm -hmm. don't take this into account that the words that you speak in terms of your dreams you have to really keep those close until you build a circle that you can trust with them and when i say trust Sometimes there are those, you know, dream poppers that you need in your life to go, Hey, I really don't think that we should live on the run, you know, in Europe. Um, yeah, I think, I think exactly. we could be doing, I think we could be doing better things. However, right. you have to have people that say, that's interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated that that's a dream that you want to have. Tell me more about that. What does that look like to you? And they get more information surrounding that so that they can either say, this is a good idea. Uh, you should pursue it or hey, what are some other options that could afford you a similar type of experience, right? So mm -hmm. in, yeah. in your life, Darcy, you've you've had some pretty amazing people that have spoken into you. What were some of the hard challenges that you that you saw growing up or even even throughout life that were really those crucible moments that allowed you to kind of define who you were and who you were going to be as you started to mature and grow up? I would say, um, <laughs> so you talked about all the different things I do, like with different organizations. 
I will say that started actually really young for me because A, I like to win awards. Darcy's not competitive, like by the way. If you, if you haven't noticed, she's not competitive I'm, at all. <laughs> I'm not. I like to win awards. And I had two older sisters and they were in things, but they, and they won some awards, but I'm like, well, they're so much older than me that I have to be better. So like they got red ribbons, but I had the trophies and I had, you know, <laughs> anyway, and, but I did it for very selfish reasons. So I, mm. I went out for all the different of all the different things I could socially, um, I did cheerleading so I could get out of class. So that was like a negotiation that was like, okay, I'll go to school here. I'll do your cheer thing. Cause I know I can get out whenever I want, but I was, I was able to learn stuff and, you know, I was able to do all these other things and um, I say that, but, and then I went along and had my daughter, things like that happen. And then we were given this opportunity to adopt this child, which we'd always thought of adopting. So we did that. And then four days later, gra their grandmother dropped off his sister who was older and she was going to come back in like three months. So going through the odd adoption and fighting the state, I think cemented the flag in the ground of like never, ever, ever give up. That was like a three-year process and it was mm, brutal. Wow. I lost a lot of weight. It was like the best weight loss. <laughs> Stress, the greatest weight loss program brought to you it by was. Darcy Edwards. <laughs> I, looked, I looked pretty amazing. Um, but I literally didn't go into my town for like two years. I would wear a hoodie and dark sunglasses when I went to the store because people we were fighting were also local. And so there was teams, there was people that were, I, I would literally go to the store and they'd walk by me and they'd go, we're on your side, we're praying for you. And they just walked away. It was very contentious. And um, there's other people, I literally had a friend that called me and said, you know, you were kind of rude to these people, so you kind of deserve it. So you will have these people in your life that, you know, are gonna turn against you and you know how you're gonna stand against that. So, when that happened, it, I mean, it was devastating. I, the friend that actually brought me the son, my son, um, she was actually going to testify on our behalf for keeping, um, having my daughter stay with us instead of going back to her old grandparents. And I told me one day, and it was right before Thanksgiving, and she goes, yeah, I just kind of decided that I'd rather be comfortable at my, at Christmas with my family. And I said, well, I hope you're comfortable in hell because that's where you're going. <laughs> and I slammed the phone down. I went, oh no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I instantly went to bad things. But um, and literally, I remember I collapsed on the floor after that phone call because it broke my heart. And I call it the word of God, call it, a voice, call it an angel, call it whatever you want. I literally heard audibly, like in my head, hey, like that, hey, hey girl, <laughs> remember when you used to win stuff all the time? It's not any different than that. It's just a piece of paper. And um, I lived on that for about a year. I actually did find the one piece of paper that opened it. They basically said, because my two kids weren't technically both in um, DHS care, that they weren't siblings. And I had a paper that said my son had been in DHS 
care for 48 hours on paper. So they're siblings. <laughs> and then everything just worked out right after that, miraculously. So that really, that was my, that was my, I guess, mountain I was willing to die on. And I didn't give up. I, they would call me, DHS would call me and say, hey, we want you to come in and fill out a piece of paper. Can you bring her with you? And I was like, nope, I got a lawyer, can't call me. Like I'm legally protected. Um, that's an infringement on a right, by the way. <laughs> and they called me and said, Mrs. Edwards, please don't sue us. We understand this is a newer employee. They didn't understand that they contact you. And I said, yeah, give me what I want or I'm gonna sue you. I said, I've already called Oprah. <laughs> I went straight to the top, I went to Oprah. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Phil was on still then, <laughs> I called him too. <laughs> We're burning it all down. So that's kind of where that stuff came up, where, you know, fight for what you really believe in and be able to to stand up and, you know, you're going to get kicked in the gut a couple times. Just learn to roll with it. Well, I think I think that's important for people to understand is that nothing, nothing worth worthwhile comes easy. Everything that you right. really desire and really want isn't going to come on a silver platter. Like, I think I think that's what's really interesting is that we kind of have this mentality now in life of we we say, well, if it's not if it's not flowing easy, if like all the doors aren't opening right now at this exact moment, if, you know, the doves don't fly in and you hear the yes. oh, if, if I don't hear that, then that means that this isn't what I should be doing. And right. Oh, That's not yeah, always yeah, yeah. the case, right? The, mm -hmm. There, there is something to be said about this in, in terms of decision making. Is that do you have a piece about what you're going towards? It's one, it's mm -hmm. one thing to feel conflict. It's one thing to, you know, feel like knots in your stomach about a situation of whether or not you should move in towards that. Which in those cases, I'm like, yeah, maybe you should take a step back. But if you have right. complete peace when the world is like going around in chaos around you. I think that's a really good mental exercise to say, you know what? I think this is where I should be going. Like mm -hmm. even, even today with, you know, getting ready to jump on and, and talk with you, things are going chaotically in life, but there's a piece about coming on and being able to get to talk with you today. Right. You know, yeah. Everything in life doesn't, it's not going to be easy, but there is going to be a piece when you're doing the right thing. That's in alignment with yourself. I'm curious for you, Darcy, how has alignment placed, uh, like how has alignment entered into your life in terms of, uh, whether or not you move forward or whether or not, um, you decide to maybe go in a different direction? Like what are some, some of those core values that you live your life by that you say, you know, this is who I am and this is what I'm not willing to give up. Cause you, you said earlier about the importance of really standing and knowing what you stand for, what are some of those things that you stand for in terms of core value, core belief? I believe in servant leadership. Mm. And so my job is a service, right? But it's also, you know, I believe that you should be serving your fellow man in some capacity. Because when you do that, as we all know, you know, it's the person that's getting a service from you isn't necessarily the only recipient. We get mm. built up on that. And so I've, you know, I've always been kind of that, a volunteer type personality. I'm very into that. 
um, helping people who can't help themselves, being an advocate for people who can't talk for themselves or don't, you know, that's a big thing. Um, and in real estate, there's people that they can't, they don't understand what's going on. And so you do have to advocate for them. Mm. Um, being, you know, true to who you are and not, the one thing you brought up I thought was so good and I wanted to um, kind of off on that was the part where you're saying oh, it's not always going to be easy. Mm-hmm. We are so ingrained in watching TikTok and Instagram and Facebook to say, oh my gosh, they made it. Look at them. And they make it look super easy. <laughs> and none of that's true. <laughs> it's like <laughs> half of them are not even doing this. They have a filter, right? None of it's right, real. So, they have a filter. They have day jobs that they're going to. Like this, it's not their. Yeah. This isn't what they do twenty four seven. We we kind of have right. that mentality. Like this is all they do, and they're so good that they get paid millions yeah. of dollars. They don't. They rent their <laughs> Rolls Royce for like you know an hour <laughs> to take all the pictures with it, right? So uh, we compare ourselves to things that are so unrealistic. Mm. Comparison is a deadly disease. And it, it will it destroys your dreams because you can't even start them because you're comparing yourself to somebody who's done it for ten years or whatever. But you know that you know being able to separate yourself from that. I think the one thing that I've done for alignment is I do write letters to God or whoever. I just every you know it's journaling whatever you want to call it. But I write out what I want to do. I write out my plans of you know. My, this is my dream. This is my desire to, you know, do whatever. And I think once you write it, it kind of cements that in your heart. Mm. It goes from your head, your mouth where you say it, to your pen where you write it, and it just drops it in there. Mm. And so it's easier to stick with something that's coming from your heart than it is something that's coming from your head. Because your brain's I mean, as smart as they are, they're not that smart sometimes. So they kind of <laughs> think it all the time. <laughs> but I think in those, you know, this is from my heart. Mm. That's alignment and that peace. That's what you're talking about. That's what I'm, that's that feeling. Yeah. You know, the, the alignment thing is, is huge. Um, you know, because so many people are out of alignment. They wonder why life doesn't feel good. They wonder why. And, and that, and that's not like things are like, not just that bad things are happening, but even in the bad things or even in the good things, they just don't feel good. And the reason is that they're out of alignment. They're out of alignment mm-hmm. with a core value that's deep down. It's intrinsic. Like I, I don't, I think, right. you know, it's funny because sometimes we go to seminars and go to these uh, different kinds of functions. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's like the list, there's the list, list of core values. And we want you to pick out, you know, <laughs> your top 20 and then your top five, top and then your top three core values that you have. And these are, these are your core values. Now that can help you. Don't get me wrong. But there's something to be said about searching your life and and seeing the the silver lines, seeing the thread through your life of what core values did you or have you lived out in your life that you still continue to do automatically today. And I think sometimes when we look back, we say, oh my gosh, this was a core value my entire life. 
I, I didn't realize that this is what I did. And I don't actually do that today. And I'm wondering right. if that's why I oh. suffer today, because I'm not in alignment with that core value that I've, that's been intrinsically installed inside of me. Uh, you know, leadership, uh, leadership is one of those pieces, uh, like servant leadership from what you've talked about. How has servant leadership, because it's come up, it's come up a couple times here on the program so far. I'm curious, how has servant leadership open doors of opportunity to you, whether in terms of career or whether that's in terms of your kids or in terms of, of just different aspects of life, how has servant leadership helped you in those around you? I think it opened a lot of doors. It, because I think when you go out of your way to help an organization to just do something and mine, like, I got, I did get paid. My sister did pay me to go and get, you know, baskets for an auction. But I went way beyond what she was expecting because I was just, I wanted to do my best job possible. Right. And so in doing that, it opened a lot of other doors because she was like, oh, you're actually a really good salesperson. Did you know that? And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, we grew up together. I got away with a lot. <laughs> I'm a great salesperson. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, doing that and it, like there's organizations, I just love what they do. And I'm like, hey, I what what do you need from me? Besides money, like, what else can I do for you? How else can I help you? And that's a great way to learn what an organization does. It's a great way to meet new people that you're maybe not in their orbit and you can kind of get connected with other organizations and so forth. But I believe that, you know, when you're serving other people through leadership and helping them, you're not the dream dasher. You're not the bro. You're not the hustle. Like the hustle culture is all dead now, died in 2020. That killed it. Um, but just surrounding other people. If you understand that we just came through a traumatic experience because you're still here, you survived it, right? With COVID, you're different. All are different. We were all traumatized somehow through that. And so understanding that every single person you talk to has some sort of trauma. And I've been through some trauma training and understanding that you know, you don't necessarily bend your whole life to that, but you do, you're aware of it more than anything. I think it brought on for me probably, although I, <laughs> I think I'm more compassionate, but in an angry way. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I still want to just, I want to do, I want to do stuff all the time, right? Take over. Let me just be president, please. It's just, just let the moms handle it. <laughs> Let us clean everything, okay? Just sit down. <laughs> no boys allowed. <laughs> Just go have a beer, okay? And let the moms handle it. Um, but I think that's really what happens is it, it unlocks a lot of doors when you're willing to serve other people. It just unlocks all these doors for you and things just go better. It really does unlock a ton of doors. And I think it also unlocks doors that maybe you're not expecting to be unlocked. It kind of gives you, it kind of gives you a new perspective and sometimes it gives you a new light in, in terms of where you want to go and, and what you want to pursue. Um, it, it, it can, it could, it could be in a number of different ways. You know, I've been, I've been doing this for over 10 years now as a coach and a speaker and a trainer. And 
when I go out and volunteer in areas of my strength, it solidifies what I do. Like when I, when I take on a client pro bono, I do that because I see something in them and I know that they can't meet me where I'm at price wise, but I, I say, you know what, I'll, I see something you, I want to pour into you. And, and so I do that. And by the end of me working with them, I'm like, man, I am, I'm really good at what I do. Like this is, this is what yes. I was made to do. But then right. there's other times where I decide to volunteer in areas of my weakness. And it's like, <laughs> what? oh my gosh, like this is, this is really bad. Like I'm not good at construction. Why am I volunteering you know, to help someone, you yeah. know, put up, uh, you know, walls in their house, like their walls are probably going to come down at some point if I'm the one that's doing it, right? That's not exactly. a gifting in my life. Right. <laughs> but it's interesting that volunteering, even in those areas of strengths and gifts can really help you or sometimes even volunteering in areas where you don't think that you have gifts can start to reveal gifts that you actually have in areas that you never thought were possible. Uh, yeah, thing I, it gives you so much of that. Yeah, absolutely. There's another thing that's really interesting too, and we've talked about this before in the past, but a lot of people, they come up with a dream, they come up with a goal that they want to achieve and they start moving towards it. And then for some reason, something doesn't go right. They, you know, maybe they don't get the right funding for it or, <laughs> or maybe there's a failure or maybe they slip up and do something stupid and, uh, you know, something happens. And I think this happens a lot where people have a goal and they start pursuing it and then conflict happens. Something happens uh, that is a deterrent. And then they say, well, you know what? I might as well just quit everything. It's not working. Uh, I should go try and do something else. I, th I think it's, I think it's a disservice sometimes that people quit too quickly. Um, what have you noticed in your <laughs> own life or even with the people that you're around that uh, quitting has become a culture, that, that people don't pursue their dreams because of a small failure, because of a, a small thing that pops up in their life. They go, oh, maybe this isn't the right way because I, I have friction, I have conflict. Uh, what, what in your life has told you contrary that conflict and friction isn't always a bad thing in moving forward? Right. I sometimes, I tell people this, I think in real estate mortgage right now, especially you see a lot of that because yeah. they're like, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. I had to like kind of really distance myself from different like online groups that were chit chatting. And I think what happens is once you start it, this is what happened for me. So in your first, I tell, I tell other realtors that are new, I go, oh, your first two years, two or three, it's going to be all the weirdest things that ever happen in real estate. And none of that stuff will ever happen again. <laughs> like it, you're, you know, um, I had one that was like, um, for FHA, you can only have one FHA loan at a time. You would think that's kind of a death, but the person didn't ask that the mortgage broker didn't ask. And so mm. I had a deal for a seller that failed the day of closing because they checked and they saw that the ex-husband had a tax lien and an FHA, and they had an FHA loan. <laughs> so it was like, oh my gosh. So everything that can go wrong, is going to go wrong for the first two years. And I just tell people, mm. give yourself a timeline. If you can, you're going to get weird, you're going to get crazy. And it's almost a test. Um, we're all, I'm, I'm guessing your group would know about the Dave Ramsey, right? So, you know, you get $1,000 in your emergency fund. What happens? your tires get flat. Of course, that's going to happen. And so getting through that enough times, 
then you can build on that. And it's almost, I almost call it like the test of the universe or test of God to see if you're really serious about really wanting to do this mm. or the devil, whoever you want to hate. Um, <laughs> but um, it happens. And that's happening now with realtors and mortgage brokers that got into the business, you know, when it was great, when it was easy. And so there's friction and there's mm -hmm. like this economy changing. And there was a moment, I think, of everybody saying, I'm going to quit my job and stay at home because I'm getting paid. And now they're like, oh, I, I'm kind of starving. I should probably go back to work. <laughs> like, yeah, you should probably go back to work. <laughs> and taking opportunities. I think that's the thing. It's like a test for your, your confidence. And it's a test to see if you can get through it. And if you can do it enough times, those deals don't come through anymore. Then you start getting the all cash $2 million houses. You know, I love, I love that you say that because so many people want all the doors to open up. And I think, I think you're right. I think there is a test. Uh, I would almost say it's a resolve. It's, it's a resolve of, do you really want this? Because if, if everything just came to us on a silver platter, you know, I want a million dollars. I want a brand new Ferrari. <laughs> right. I want the guitar mm -hmm. or the coffee machine or, or, or fill in the blank, whatever it is. If you just got everything that you want, well, you would never appreciate really anything. And it's actually right. those, those moments where you're actually going through it. Like you're, you're in the dirt, you're trying to get up, you're frustrated, nothing seems to be going right. It's in those moments where it's a test of your resolve. Is this something that you really want to pursue? Is this something that you really desire deep down in your heart that you're willing to give it? that second push, that third push, that fourth push. Right. And I think you're, I think you're right that so many people, they, they almost look at this, this piece of like dissonance. I think of like music, like in music, you have a dissonant moment where, you know, it, the dissonance in the song makes the rest of the song lighter, prettier, mm -hmm. more melodic. And that dissonance is needed. Now you can't have an entire life of dissonance, right? No. You can't, constantly be out of alignment with within your music and your life. Yeah. But that dissonance does create the appreciation for the times of when you actually start to win, when you actually start to see some of the fruit of your labor. In your life, Darcy, I'm curious, um, as you have been going along, so you have a, you have a company that you created, um, Queen Bee Leadership. And mm -hmm. I love this because it's, it's one of those things that I don't know if you ever knew you were a leader earlier on, I think maybe deep down inside you did, but then all of a sudden you, you took a new route of not just Darcy, I'm a leader. You should listen to me to Darcy. I'm a leader. Let me help you and let me help you achieve your goals of what you desire and what you want. And I think that's, what's really cool about uh, queen bee leadership. Tell us a little bit of what has that journey been for you? going from, I'm a leader, you should listen to me, you know, kind of the top down leader of like, this is who I am to now you're kind of flipping that pyramid around and you're saying, I want to help people. Where did that come from? When did that change? I would say, I would, I would say this, I think the pandemic flipped grip mm. for a lot of people and either they were on board for that or they weren't. And I just knew like when that first started, I'm like, people are going to come out of this different and they can't be talked to the way they used to be mm. in coaching. That hardcore, you have to get up at 4am. If you don't, you're not a grinder. 
you know, I did all that and I could do it again if I wanted to. I just don't want to and have to. I think that's the thing is it's almost a little bit more like, okay, let's work in your strengths. Nathan, you are a night owl. Why are you trying to get up at five o'clock in the morning? There's really no point in that. You're not going to bed till midnight. You're worthless. So do your best work at 11 o'clock at night when you're, you know, or 10 o'clock when you're on your high. Don't try to be a superstar because some guru told you to get up at 4.30 and take an ice bath. That's dumb. So if there's things that don't, resonate with you just because you hear them doesn't necessarily mean that they're always for you they're mm. for a broad group and so sometimes that's great like my husband does get up he is the 4 30 he goes to work out bless his darling heart have my coffee ready <laughs> have a great day don't talk to me put it on the thing and move away so i think that's the thing is being a little more let's use your strengths Let's not try to get you to fit into a box we're never created to be in because that's just going to cause you to be more, um, you're going to have more resentment and you're tired. (laughs) It's like a cult, right? When you go to a cult, (laughs) you're tired because they keep you up. (laughs) There's like, it's, there's this promise at the end. You, you know, if you spend $10,000 more, you might get, you probably won't. And you know, that's, it's the shiny things. And no, leadership is not the shiny things. Leadership is mm-hmm. kind of the opposite of that. It's more along the lines of being able to discern information and other people do their jobs more efficiently because they're working in what they're great at. And they mm-hmm. get to be that rock star you know, I have a gal on my team. I'll use her as an example. Um, she doesn't work for me. She works for a different company, but she works my leads. So I get half of what she makes because um, I've already paid for it. And she just plugs along. She's great. And I tell her, I'm like, you're really good with these kind of buyers. I only want you talking to them. And she's like, okay, cool. Great. <laughs> it's a win-win. Um, it's a win-win situation. I get this stuff taken care of. She gets paid. I get paid. Uh, the client loves her. They love her. And so it just works. But I think we're so taught mm. that it only can look like a certain way or it's just not it's not worth doing because it's been done like that for, you know, 50 years. And I, I think that's really hard. It's just like breaking out of that question, question what people are telling you to do. Like, is there a reason why I have to take an ice bath? And they're like, I can tell you why, scientifically, why you should do that. And it's probably right. But the other side of it is, I like super hot showers, so I'm going to do the super hot shower. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, I, I laugh because uh, I've been I've been in this ice bath phase recently. <laughs> <laughs> you know the. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting. And yeah, I think you, I think you have to understand, like, life is a rhythm right? Yeah. Life is a rhythm. And sometimes you are beating the drum. You're early up, you're early in the morning. Maybe you do the ice bath. Maybe, you know, you're up early reading and maybe that's a season of your life where you're doing mm-hmm. that. And then maybe life shifts and you get into a new beat, a new, a new rhythm, a new pattern. And you have to be able to shift with the pattern of what life is doing for you. There's nothing worse right. than being a part of the band and the drummer 
is not on sync with the rest of the band or vice <laughs> right. versa. You, yeah, you know, the rest exactly. of the, the rest of the band is going off on their own beat. They're going with the song and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to put in my own solo. I'm going to do my own thing. And what, what normally happens? You get a mallet to the head. No. <laughs> like it just, it doesn't work out very well. Right. And I think I, I really love what you're saying because so many people aren't aware of the rhythm of life that they're in right now. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's okay to stay up late and sleep in a little bit early, you know, sleep in a little bit later. Sometimes it's good to go to bed early and wake up early, right? There's, there's something to be said about this, that you have to understand the rhythm of life that you're in because not everyone is wired the same. Not everyone right. is created oh. exactly the same. And so we have to understand how do we help the people around us to truly harness who they were created to be, right? So I absolutely love this about you, Darcy, because anyone who's been around Darcy for even just a little bit, they know that she's operating within her wiring of, of who she is, of who she was created to be. Um, you know, Darcy, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And for all of you listening, yeah. I want to make sure that you go and, and check out Darcy. Go check out her social media. You can find her by searching for Darcy Edwards, or I, I'd encourage you to go search for Queen Bee Leadership. Um, she has some amazing stuff on there that you can you could be learning how to grow yourself, how to develop yourself as a leader. Uh, Darcy, I do want to ask you this, you know, how has knowing yourself helped you to achieve what you want in life because you're really big on goal setting. You're really, you're really big on having a goal and then moving towards that. But how important is it to know who you are when you're setting those goals and when you're going to achieve those goals? That's so good. Cause I could tell you before how I used to make goals where I do like hundreds of them. Right. And we're, I'm super ADD, like almost to the point I'm medicated, but <laughs> literally, and, um, I can't do that. I can work really well on two goals at a time, mm. really good. And I can hammer them out and then I can add another one, right? When one's going and kind of done, I can add one to it. And that's the part of like, it will help you with your sleep. Just knowing that you're in your wheelhouse or, you know, working in your, in your gifting, things will seem a little bit easier. You know, we have that testing moment, right? When it's a whole new career and whatnot, but we also have that time where it, things do kind of just click and it's, Oh, I can do two goals at once. I don't have to have all for, and some of my, some of my stuff that I know people do, uh, they're like, what's your goal for your personal? What's your goal for your family? What's your goal for your family vacations? What's your goal for, and there's 25 million goals. And it's just like, it gets lost. People like me can't do that. I get two goals. We're really happy we have them. And then we do them. Mm. And then we add one. And knowing those kinds of things, so you're not chasing your tail. Because, you know, there's a lot of people I listen to. I, I love that in my life. But like, sometimes I'm like, bro, calm down a little bit. <laughs> I'm exhausted listening to you. <laughs> so that's, I think, where it helps you. It helps you with your daily life of just being able to more energy, you sleep better. Mm. And that's the thing is being able to sleep well at night. If you're not sleeping at night, there's something going on. That's something you need to check out. Mm. That's that peace that you have, even when the world is imploding, 
you know, even when that stuff was happening with my kids, I slept really well because I knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I was doing exactly what I was told to do. Mm. Go win. Okay. I can do I, that. I can do. Well, it's almost kind of like a mantra, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. you go in, you know, whatever, whatever you set your mind to do that, focus on that, do that. And I love what you say about not setting so many goals that you forget about them. Cause I think sometimes <laughs> we do that. Now, I think yeah. there is something to be said, you know, you write, you write out goals throughout your life and you say, well, I really like this. I'd like to have a family like this. I'd like to, maybe, maybe you want to have mm-hmm. a watch or a car or the boat or, you know, f- fill in the blank of whatever it is. There, right. There's nothing wrong with writing those down as a goal. And it's kind of cool because over the years you go back and you reread some of those journals. You're like, oh man, I actually, I actually did get that goal. I actually did do that. that that's really right. cool. I, th- I think many of us have done that before. It's kind of a cool, like almost a check mark in your mind of going, man, I wrote that out. That's really cool that I actually did obtain that. But there is a difference between having a bunch of goals that you'd like to achieve in your life versus what are you focused on right now as a goal? Because you can't focus on 500 goals for the year. You're not going to hit it. You're going to become overwhelmed. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be, you know, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be losing a pound every single week. And I'm supposed to be drinking five gallons of water every four hours, you know, whatever it is, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and you're right. Like it's so important for people to pick a goal that is going to move them in the direction of where they want to be. And then stick with that goal, follow that goal through to the end, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, because I mean, it also, I think, gives you less to trip over because you mm. said something in there about like, oh, drink one gallon of water a day. Was it one gallon or seven? I don't remember. And it's stressful, that moment of that stress, or like when you go to a program and they're like all of a sudden talking about the goals and then you're like, oh my gosh, I wrote that in January. <laughs> Never looked at it again. Um, it it causes you to maybe question mm. what you're doing because you're like, well, I couldn't even keep the list straight. Can I do that? Yeah. And I think that undermines your confidence. Mm. And so we want to do things where you win. You can win too. Everybody should be winning. And you, you're the, uh, what you consider winning, you know, you need to get those little tiny battles under your belt where you've had some success to build on the next success. And build up and build up to the next step, next success, next step, next success. Mm-hmm. And then you can add more goals to that. But I think it's so undermining because of the fact where we are now with that comparison disease. We innately do that just unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to cut things out enough to where that's not, you're not laying a trap for yourself. And falling into the trap of, you know, trying to be perfect. We're never going to be that. I love what you say about, you know, this idea of if you're going to set a goal, set it and move towards it. Keep your commitment to yourself. You know, you know whatever it is, keep your commitment to yourself. And I think, I think you're right that so many people, they make a commitment and they break it. They make a commitment and then they break it. You know, I'm going to drink water every single day, you know, five cups of water every day. And day one, they break it. And then they say, well, all right, well, whatever, I'll, I'll do something else. And they, and they continually break the same commitment or different commitments over and over. And then they wonder why they never move forward. It's because they're constantly breaking their commitment to what they said, their word, to themselves. Right. 
right? It's, it's a lot easier to break our commitment to ourselves than it is to break our commitment to other people because you know, the commitment to ourselves, it's just you and me, right? It's just, uh, you know, right. me in the mirror, like who's, who's going to know that I made this commitment to myself. That's why it's a lot easier to break that commitment. But I will tell you this, the more you break that commitment, the less confidence you have as you work through yeah. your life, the less confidence you have when you enter a situation, because you can no longer depend on yourself. When you say you're going to do right. something, man, if you, if you say, if you can't, if you can't follow through in private, how are you going to follow through in public with other people? So, oh my gosh, that's, that's just absolutely really good. Darcy, I, I appreciate you jumping on and sharing with all of our guests just uh, your amazing knowledge, all the things that you've been through, and so many really cool nuggets in here. So I hope you guys go back. I hope you check this episode out again. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Nathan. Mwah. For all of you guys listening, remember to like, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend because someone in your world needs to hear what Darcy just said. Until next time, remember to be more, see more, experience more than before.